Welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. I'm Billy Epperhart, and on this show, you're going to hear from industry leaders in business, real estate, and investing. Our Wealth Builder coaches and myself are excited to teach you how to make sense of making money for making a difference. Okay, let's get started. Hello, welcome to this week's Wealth Builders Podcast. I'm so grateful that you joined us. And today I have with me the one and only Bill Bronchek. Bill, do you want to greet everybody today? Hello, everybody, and Happy New Year. Out with the old, in with the new. <laughs> new wine new this year, right? Throw out the old yes. wine. Open up the new one. That's so good, Bill. And uh, this topic that we're talking about today is so interesting. I was just mentioning to Bill that, boy, this is his sweet spot. This podcast is titled Faith and Real Estate Investing, How to Trust God and Take Risks. And uh, here we go. We're just hanging out. This is election year. There's a lot of things <laughs> happening. Uh, but you know what? Our faith, our trust is in God. And, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of opportunity. This is a great year for opportunities in real estate. And so, Bill, we're really excited to get some information and knowledge from you. So what do you think about this topic and looking at 2024? I think it's great. The thing that it's so applicable here is that the market is so uncertain. You know, yeah. everybody's all over the map of what's going to happen, all the so-called experts. Um, personally, I don't think it's going to be that much different from the previous year because it's an election year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the incumbent you know, whoever it may be is always going to try to prop up the economy, make it look better, you know, because people vote their wallets. Um, nonetheless, people have fear, you know, like, should I wait? Should I do this now? Should I wait for interest rates? Should, should I wait for prices to drop? Should I wait for the stars to all align? Should I wait till after my divorce is finished? <laughs> should I wait till after I'm done with school? I mean, you know, people have every excuse in the book to put something off, and it's usually based on fear. That is a really good point. The what ifs, what the news is saying. And one of the teachings you have is about, I think the 10 spies, uh, something like that, you know, coming back with what kind of a report. Uh, And really, you know, you're an attorney. Our audience knows that they know you really well. Um, But, you know, how many years, Bill, have you been in real estate investing? 32. So you've seen some cycles. I've seen some cycles. I, I've been a, a real estate attorney for 34 years. Um, and I also invest in real estate and I write books on real estate. I teach it. I mentor people in real estate. I invest myself. I used to run a huge real estate investment association in Colorado called the Colorado Association of Real Estate Investors. We had almost 5,000 members at the peak. Um, wow. 2008, when the market was you know crazy, we used to get 400 people at our meetings monthly. <laughs> so I've met so many investors come and go, experienced, inexperienced, you know, this sort of a revolving door for a lot of tire kickers. And then, of course, when the market crashed, the, the club went from 400 at a meeting to 80. Why? Because, oh you know, people, people follow the herd, you know, they follow the herd, <laughs> right? So, um, um, you know, of course, biblically, they say you, you want to follow the shepherd. Well, but when it comes to investing, um, not so much following the herd, because the herd tends to run uh, uh, when things are great and then run away when things are bad, when you should be doing the opposite. 
Yeah, that's true. And historically, um, you know, just studying things out, the Great Depression, of course, seemed like the worst time that anybody could buy. I'm still kicking myself for back in 2008 to 2010. I yeah. didn't have the information that I have today. Yeah. And I, I bought did. a lot between 2009 and 11. And it was tough. I mean, frankly, I, I got great bargains. I bought properties for cheap as 60000 60, 60, Wow. Uh, they're now worth four hundred. dollars um, Wow. But it was tough. I mean, it was tough to get a loan. Um, the interest rates weren't that good back then. And, you know, we we're still in the high sevens and I still have like five years left on a couple of loans that are like in the sevens. <laughs> uh, but, um, and, and they couldn't rent for break even, you know, the rental market wasn't that good either, but by 2013, it all turned around. And then by 2020, it was crazy. Yeah. And you know, as we go into 2024, I know there's a lot of uncertainty, um, but based on your experience, Bill, like what, how do you kind of call this year? You know, what are you expecting? Well, I, as I said, it's an election year. Uh, interest rates are starting to creep down a little bit because the Fed is starting to indicate they're going to cut. Mm -hmm. And I think there'll be pressure from the White House to cut because, again, that makes the economy look better. And when the economy mm -hmm. looks better, the incumbent has a better chance of winning. Um, that, and as a matter of whether it's Republican or Democrat or who it is, that's that's been the strategy for you know 60 years. But you try to prop up the economy, make it look better than it is. Um, all of a sudden, you notice it, gas prices are, are starting to drop. I had heard that. Yeah. Coincidentally, right? Coincidentally. So I, I don't think it'll be drastically different from last year. The, the same factors exist. A lot of supply. Uh, excuse me. No supply, mm -hmm. uh, which means uh, more buyers than sellers. Um, and I don't think, uh, and a lot of sellers have pulled out of the market because they couldn't get their price. And when mm -hmm. interest rates went up, uh, there were fewer buyers and they didn't want to drop it anymore. So they, they're pulling it off the market with 3% loans and just renting it out or living in it and then waiting to see what happens. Wow. And that's going to continue this year because I think people are going to wait till after the election to see what happens. Um, unless interest rates drop dramatically in the mortgage market and then more buyers come in, sellers go, okay, now, now it's time to sell this summer. Uh, but I, I don't see interest rates dropping to four again than this year. I don't. Maybe, maybe it'll drop another half a point. And that's it. Yeah. So as you look at this year, and as, from an investor standpoint, do you feel there's going to be opportunities? And if so, how should we be approaching it to just make sure that we're finding the right opportunities and kind of setting aside that fear that we talked about for people to, you know, have confidence in moving forward, even during these times. Right. Well, I, I this, I'm, I'm quoting my pastor from last Sunday. I wrote it down. He said something great. He says, he says that if you have fear, you don't understand the anointing that God has on you. Wow. I thought that was a really great quote. That Powerful. I wrote. It was worth repeating that if you feel fear, people will say this all the time that when you, given to fear and anxiety and worry, you are worshiping the enemy. That is, that's his tools. So when you give in to fear, anxiety, and, and worrying and fretting, um, you are basically, you're devil worshiping. <laughs> you know, let's, let's put it frankly. Um, when you understand God's anointing on you and favor on you, you there's no reason to have fear. Um, and that would be, you know, irrelevant to what the market is. There's always opportunities in every market. Mm -hmm. I've been investing for a long time. I've been in it for three cycles now. Um, I've invested in probably 15 different cities uh, over the, you know, all across the country. And so I've seen a lot. And the more things change, the more they kind of stay the same. But now it's, a, it, you know, it's getting a little murky because we're in sort of uncharted territory, um, having 
Um, high inflation we haven't seen since the you know, 70s, the Carter administration, and interest rates higher than they've been in probably 20, 25 years. Um, and then this really low supply of houses, which is keeping the market from collapsing, basically, because mm-hmm. it's all it's all about supply and demand. And people have to realize when you watch on TV or you listen to a podcast about the housing market, that means the whole country, and it really is irrelevant what's going on in the whole country because all you really need to know is what's going on in the neighborhoods you're investing, that part of the city, supply versus demand. Are there more buyers? Are there more sellers? So when interest rates go up, mm-hmm. that nationally, that brings down demand. Right? But supply is local. You know, so what's how many houses are for sale or rent in this particular area relative to the number of buyers or renters? And that's really all you have to know. So when looking and analyzing a market, you know, again, just staying with this theme of um, kind of uh, faith and trust, right, in God first, but also taking that knowledge and applying it, um, how should people in this year, in the following months, start to look for a market that is viable for investing or which type of market? Describe the market that you would have a green light to go into and start buying right now. I've made money in all markets. <laughs> so uh, for me, it's like dollar cost averaging. You know, when, in the stock market, that concept means you just keep buying whether it's going up or down because in the long run, it goes up. Same thing with real estate. I mean, I mean, if you're in your 70s, that's a little different. You don't have enough time, as much time to wait. But if you're under 50, in 20 years from now, this is all going to be, a, you know, an irrelevant discussion because things go up and down, but they always go up in the long run. Yeah, so some of it is knowing the trends and uh, just investing. Like we were just talking about a property where uh, it was a potential, but after you started analyzing it, it's like it the you know the ratios were off. Right. So just like staying tight to the things that we teach at Wealth Builders, mm-hmm. and and you're a part of Wealth Builders mm-hmm. uh, with you know ideally a one percent the cash on cash return. Mm-hmm. Things like that. And then how much opportunity is out there right now for people that maybe want to sell their home, but they're not going the real estate route? Are there opportunities there and how do we find them? Yeah, you mean the real estate broker route? Yeah. Um, There's lots of opportunities. The difference between, you know, looking at the real estate quote market, Mm -hmm. depending on how you define it, and investing in, let's say, gold or, or commodities or, you know, big stocks in the stock market is number one, you have control to some extent of the value of your property. Cause after you buy it, you can fix it up. You can add an addition, you can rezone it. You can, you know, you can do things to make it more valuable. You can't do that when you buy Google stock. You just, you just buy and hope. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, And also um, you can't buy it at a discount. Uh, So if you go to uh, Google stock is trading in X dollars, you can't knock on someone's door and say, hey, I heard you're in a divorce. You want to sell me your Google stock cheap. You can't do that. Uh, In the the real estate market, you can do that. Whether it's up, down or sideways, there's always people with problems, Uh, whether it be divorce or illness or loss of a job or, you know, whatever, running out of money. I can't fix it up. uh, Can't keep up the property. There's so many, you know, foreclosures behind in taxes. So. Really, what I look at real estate is is a problem-solving business. It's a problem-solving right. business, people business. So what you're looking for is people with problems. Help them solve a problem, and you make money, and you help them out. Uh, and that's really my formula I've always operated under as, as a real estate business person is there's two requirements for every deal. Number one, I have to leave the seller in a better place than I found them. And number two, I got to make money. 
So if you're just helping them, well, then that's a charity. That's okay if that's what you want to do. Uh, <laughs> and if you just make money, you don't, you don't help people, then you're not doing God's work. Um, so I want to feel like, you know, I've had people literally hug me crying for buying their house at a huge discount. Wow. <laughs> because that was, it was a problem to them. They didn't care about how much money they got. They just wanted the problem to go away. Um, and so in their mind, they couldn't deal with the problem and I'm helping them solve that problem and, and fixing their life to some extent. And it's win-win, even yeah. though I'm getting a super deal, it's win-win because they don't always want just money. They want a problem solved. That is such great perspective, Bill. And that's a lot of insight into why and how you've been so successful in real estate. Plus, it lines up with our biblical values. You know, we want to be a blessing, but there's nothing wrong with us making money as well. And um, I'd love to go down in this, this topic for a moment because... As much as we hear, we know that God wants us to prosper, there are still so many Christians out there that have this idea that there is something wrong with prospering. And I know, you know you've got Jewish roots, right. you have a very good understanding. So can you just share with us on that a little bit? I got, I got a double blessing. I have the blood of Jesus, but I also have the covenant between God and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that he yeah. promised he would give them the promised land, the land of milk and honey, and he would prosper them and, and all their descendants. So when I pray, I often say, God, I'm calling on that, that covenant that you made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because I'm a Jew in the bloodline, so I get, I get the benefit of that. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you look at, I mean, there's a lot of talk today about income inequality, right? So tax the rich, they're evil. And it's not, you know, it's not right that someone should be worth $300 billion. And if you look at Solomon, the richest man that ever lived, there were still poor people and slaves in Israel at that point. So God doesn't have a problem with income inequality. Um, he will bless you to the extent that, you know, he wants to bless you. I mean, and, and obviously, in the, it's not so much related to how good of a person you are, but whether he has a certain anointing or gifting or uh, uh, that he wants to, to give you. Um, I mean, I was David. I was just reading Chronicles, uh, First Chronicles. You know, the first half is all the names. It's like, oh, <laughs> we're trying to pronounce all of them. And then it ends with the story, you know, David passing on the torch to Solomon. And and I did some math on this. Do you know how much money they 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 got from the people from tithes to build that first temple, Solomon's temple? How much? Of like $250 million plus how in gold, much? silver, and jewels. Jesus. Then David gave over a hundred million of his own personal stash into it. That was his personal oh. offering. And God loved that, of course. There's no better offering than saying, I love you, God. I love your 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 house that we're going to build for you and giving a hundred million dollars of your own personal money to, to contribute. So $350 wow. million to a to a to a temple that had no seats in it for the congregation. <laughs> <laughs> Only the Levitical priests could go in and pray, you know, the general lot <laughs> in. Um so that's a lot of money when you think about it. And you know, some people like, you know, well, you know, the church is always asking for too much money, blah, 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 blah. You know, you hear a lot of non-Christians, even some Christians say that, um, especially when you see the big churches, the fancy ones. And the fanciest house of God that was ever built was Solomon's temple, $350 million worth. And God loved it. 
Wow, that is great perspective. And in one of the things, the teachings that you share, you've shared in the past conferences and things is about the 10 spies. And um, we talk to a lot of people on an ongoing basis that they they want to get into real estate. They actually start to learn about how to get into real estate, but they never get in the game. So either they never find the right deal, which is, you know, I understand that. But I think a lot of the time, Bill, uh, people are just like, they're not confident to take that first step. So what would you share with people that are thinking that, that just need the confidence to get in the game? Yeah. Well, first of all, a lot of people say, well, I'm going to do this deal, even though it's not that great, just to get some experience. Don't do that. <laughs> still have experience, all right, but it's not going to be a good one. Um, <laughs> be patient. Be patient. You know, the, the perfect deal. And first of all, it doesn't have to be a perfect deal. You can do base hits and get very rich and once in a while hit a home run. Uh, base is loaded. I and mean, that doesn't happen every day of the week. But also... Um, just be patient. You know, the right deal will come along. So what happens is people go to a seminar or read a book, watch videos or see a TV show. And then they go out, spend two or three weeks looking for a super deal. And they can't find one. They give up. Um, be patient. Be patient. I mean, it may take three months. It may take one month. It may take six months. But eventually, I mean, look, when 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 God promised uh, that Sarah was going to have a baby to uh, Abraham, look what happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a long time and they got impatient. What did they do? They got impatient and they, they decided that Abraham was going to uh, have a baby with Hagar, which to this day, he's probably regretting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we don't want Ishmael, right? Yeah, yeah I, for- <laughs> I forgot about that because I watched a movie on, on the story of Abraham and was interesting. I forgot. I had to go back and read it that it was her idea to have the baby with the, you know, with the slave woman. Um, and then after he did it, she f- kind of fell in love with Abraham and Sarah got very upset and said, why did you do that? She goes, and he's like, you told me to do that. <laughs> well, I was upset. You took advantage of it. <laughs> like this sounds like modern day marriage. <laughs> but, um, the point I was going to make is, is that they got impatient. You know, they didn't wait yeah. for God's blessing and they got impatient, decided to take matters into their own hands using their carnal mind and using their flesh instead of waiting on God's promise. So, you know, it, it, who knows? I mean, just have faith, keep working at it, keep keep doing it, and eventually deals will come along. Once you get that first deal, you get the confidence, then it becomes much easier. But also it's a, it's a thought process. You got to think of it more than just, oh, I got to make money for me to support my family, especially as a man, that's a pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and look at it more of as a legacy, you know, what it is down the line. So like when David gathered all that money and all that gold, and he wanted to build the temple, and God said, no, you're not going to do it. Solomon's going to do it because you spilled too much blood to get that money. <laughs> so we wanted someone fresh like Solomon who wasn't involved in war. Uh, also, if you remember, um, he bought Mount Moriah where they built the temple, um, and he didn't know when he bought it, it was for that legacy. Wow. He, he, he was just giving an offering. And if you remember the, um, I don't remember the guy's name who gave it to him, starts with an end, like Nariah or something, who, who gave it, he said, I'll give it to you. And he says, no, I'm not giving it to you. I'm going to buy it from you because this is an offering to God. Mm. He didn't know at that time it was going to be a legacy for his son and his, and his son's sons and his families for generations. So if you look at real estate as a generational legacy, it takes the pressure off a little more. Yeah, that's really good. And I think too, 
the scriptural connection between real estate, it, it's important to God. And, um, you know, now we've got, you know, we've got China coming in, buying up property. We've got the big uh, Black Rocks coming in and buying up property. It just seems like this is a time that God is calling uh, his, his people, right, to rise up and purchase right. real estate. Can you talk a little bit about that God and real estate connection just to give us some insight? It might actually encourage people to see the importance of investing in real estate from a spiritual perspective. Sure. There's a spiritual voice or spiritual blessing or, uh, and a spiritual currency in land, in property. Um and it's it was much more than the Old Testament, where what what did what was it that God promised? He said, "Well, I'm going to multiply you like all the stars, your generations." But He kept promising over and over the promised land. Uh, and even though they were against all odds, they they managed to go in there and do it. And and if you look at um, uh, David, David was really the first, you know, this, he was the second king, but he was the first big leader in Israel to really reunite everybody because we had Israel and Judah and all these little, you know, little, little uh, sub-fiefdoms. Um, and so every time David went in to conquer an area and fight a war, he would ask God, say, should I do this? And God would say, yes, go take them over. And when he took them over, he got the land. He got uh, uh, the spoils of war too, but he got it was the land was the significance. It was building Israel as one big country, which is if you look back to what he had then and what, what Israel is now, it's almost identical. It's almost wow. identical. You know, the actual borders are almost identical. And so um, the lesson from that is just just you know to when when you're investing, you know, seek God's counsel. I mean, you see experts counsel too, you know, obviously, you know, real estate mm -hmm. agents and attorneys and things like that. But ultimately, you have to look to God for the lead on, should I buy this land or should I do this? But you don't want to go to the point where you get into paralysis of analysis, like, well, God's not speaking to me. I don't know what to do. Should I make an offer? I'm not making an offer. I'm going to do nothing. Don't go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so helpful, Bill. And just, um, that the importance of real estate and looking at this year. And let's just talk, we were visiting a little bit about fear and anxiety. And I, I think the enemy is really, you know, trying to bring that on people, especially Christians, to, to get people to stop, to get people to look at what could go wrong instead of what could go right. So what are some things that you would do for advice for, for people that are dealing with that fear, with that anxiety? How do we deal with that during this time, during this economy, and just all that's going on in the world? Right. Well, there's risk in everything. Every business has risk. And the question is, how do we reduce that risk? How do we minimize that risk? It's good. You know, you get educated, you talk to experts, you do your due diligence. But ultimately, at the end, you're taking a leap of faith because things can go wrong. But if you focus on the wrong and all the things go wrong, you'll never do the right, which is to, you know, do the best you can, have faith, uh, pray about it, and then take action and go ahead and do it. And, it, and it's like we mentioned earlier about the, uh, uh, the story of the 12 spies when they sent um, – uh, uh, the one from each of the uh, tribes of Israel to go into Canaan and see if they were going to take it over the first time. And 10 of the 12 spies came back and said, they're giants. We're just grasshoppers. They'll murder us. And of course, there was two left. 
uh, Joshua and Caleb, who said, let's take it. God's with us. I don't care how big they are. God's bigger than that. And of course, everyone threw rocks at them. (laughs) And that's why they spent 40 years in the desert. (laughs) But um, the question is, you know, you could see the economy in the real estate market is like, you know, giants, yeah, such as high interest rates and, and you know, weird economy and inflation and blah, blah, blah. Or you could see the opportunity. The land of milk and honey. It depends what you're going to focus your mind on. And that's what all what it's about. I mean, you're going to have a little bit of fear, but you have to take that leap of faith at one point. Um, after you've done all your due diligence, you have to do it. Because people who take risks generally are successful in this world. Even though they have failed many times, uh, you know, uh, uh, Colonel Sanders... Uh, the old story, he didn't get started till he was like almost 70, and he's in his white, rump crumpled suit going around <laughs> from restaurant to restaurant to restaurant to sell his chicken recipe, and he failed like a thousand times. Everyone said, we don't need a chicken recipe. <laughs> so wow. it's going to happen. You know, sometimes you will make mistakes. Sometimes you will fail. That's part of the process. But more often than not, when you look back on your life, you're going to say, I wish I should have, instead of saying, I wish I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Like, you know, how many times do people have a conversation? We just had it at our family vacation. Like, why didn't we start buying real estate 10 years ago? It's like, well, we just didn't have the knowledge that we have today. But the the next best time to start is today, right? That's right. right. There's, like I said, in any economy, up, down, or sideways with the real estate market, there's always people with problems. Yeah, there's always there's always little niches in there that you can make money. Now, the strategies may be different, you know, from market to market. Uh, So if you're in a particular if you let's say you live in California, everybody knows it's impossible to buy an eight hundred thousand dollar, fifteen hundred square foot ranch and make money on that. (laughs) You just can't break even no one percent there. You know, you're not going to get seventy five hundred a month in rent in that house. However, you might get huge appreciation in living in California over the years where you're losing money every year. And making it back triple in appreciation, sort of like uh, using the analogy of Job, right? Yes. <laughs> Suffered the pain, but he was paid back seven times. Well, that's the way it is in California real estate and markets <laughs> like that. We have very high prices and the rents are just not there. Well, if you buy at the right time, low and sell high, you'll make it back seven times in the equity. Yeah, and that's, you know, in the coaching program with Wealth Builders, we really work with individuals because that strategy isn't going to work for someone that is just completely like reliant upon cash flow, but someone that needs some deductions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, has got strong W-2 income where they're trying to mitigate the amount of taxes mm-hmm. they're paying. That could be a great strategy. And not, not everybody. See, in the beginning, we talked about like, you know, fear and what you should do, what you should yeah. buy. It really depends all on what you're trying to accomplish with real estate. So true. It's not, about, it's not about the real estate. It's about what you're trying to accomplish. It's, it's what you want your lifestyle, what kind of legacy you want to leave to your family. Um, so, so, you know, some people, like I said, they, they're good earners. They don't need more income. Yeah. But they'd like to have something that grows like an IRA in the future. Um for me, it was uh, one property that I bought many years ago when my kids were young. And when my daughter went to college, I refinanced one property and paid for four years of college. That's, oh, that's a 529 plan, you can imagine. And guess who's paying for, paying back the student loan? Oh, the tenants. The tenants. <laughs> right, not her. So, you know, a 529 plan is okay, too. You know, you can put money away for that. 
But there's nothing better than like long-term appreciation. And then if the timing is right and the interest rates are right and you can refinance your property and get some equity out and you could still cash flow, mm-hmm. it works. Wow, Bill, that is so great. And uh, I know many of you have had the opportunity to listen to Bill before. He's at all of our events. Um, and I'm not sure exactly when this is airing, but uh, we do have the Wealth Builders Conference that's coming up February 16th to the 18th. Bill's doing a main session. He's doing workshops. Uh, he'll be part of the VIP panel. I mean, you don't want to miss it. Also, this just ties in so well to something that Billy talks about. And we always, you know, mention this at the events and he teaches on it is one of the ways to overcome fear or intimidation of real estate or help you to get going is to get knowledge. We've got knowledge, gain knowledge, and then we gain understanding. And then wisdom comes or we actually know how to apply the wisdom because we have gotten knowledge and understanding. And um, I've personally found that the more I learn, the more I get in the atmosphere of people like yourself, Bill, you and your amazing wife, Jenny, uh, get the other coaches, the, the Wealth Builders family, it builds up my confidence, but I'm also getting an understanding and knowledge about the market that gives confidence, like, okay, I know what I'm getting into, I right. know what to look for. Uh, And so I would just encourage any of you that are not yet signed up to attend that event, please do so. Go to uh, wealthbuilders.org forward slash events. Also, we have got a workshop, a real estate workshop that is coming up in April. And, um, you know, Bill is an amazing attorney. We all use him for our real estate and so, Bill, if someone has uh, some real estate needs, they, they need some legal work done, uh, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, best would be my website uh, for my law firm, which is Brunchick Law, my last name, law.com, or my uh, email is bill at Brunchick Law. So easy to find. Right. I just want to tell you, Bill is amazing. He's very responsive and uh, we think he is the best real estate attorney that you can find, which is why we have him at all of our events, right? Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it's important uh, in terms of, you know, coming to the conference and being or the workshop and being around people who have credentials and expertise because you know, a lot of people watch YouTube or um, yeah. You know, the different social media stuff. And someone seems like an yesterday. It was funny. I was watching this thing about some health issue and the guy was, you know, rambling on about, well, if you Google this, you'll get uh, WebMD and then the National Institute of Health. And they all say the same thing and the FDA, but they're all in cahoots to make money. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. That's kind of true. And then he started talking about it. And I went, wait a minute, what's this guy's credentials? And I clicked on it. He's a, he's a chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he's talking about blood sugar or something like, He's a chiropractor. I'm like, he's, he's <laughs> a lot of sense, but I think you're going to realize, like, where is this coming from, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a good point, Bill, because all of us are are in the game. We're all real estate investors. We actually each have a little bit of our own area of expertise that mm-hmm. we combine together. And yeah. I think most importantly, the thing about wealth builders is that under Billy and Becky's leadership, uh, you know, our hearts are to help people and Billy and Becky are at the top of that list. That's why they're doing this. And it's all on a biblical foundation. And so, uh, you know, none of us are are uh, just depending on everything to do with wealth builders to, to live on. We actually all have plenty to do, but we believe sure. so much in, in this and helping others. And that's just really special. Yeah, yeah. 
and, and especially Billy and Becky that they put this on, and, and especially for people who to watch online because you know I look at the if you're not there live, you got to you're not going to believe the audiovisual crew that is there. It's and I know the business, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this must be costing a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> it, it kind is. of does. It is, it's, like it's, not, it's not like wealth builders, you know, a conference is a big money maker, you know. Exactly. Because you know? uh, you know, I've done seminars. I know what it costs to put on something at a big hotel, and especially the class they do, a first class and, you know, full video crew. And, you know, you got those beautiful banners behind you and screens, and it's, you know, top notch. And oh, that's so great. It is. And and we want you to be a part of it. And so again, you can go to wealthbuilders.org forward slash events. We would love to see you there. And uh, we love to spend time with all of you and visit with as many of you as possible. So Bill, I just want to thank you again for being part of the Wealth Builders uh, coaching team, the Wealth Builders family, and for being on this podcast. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in each and every week. We love and appreciate you. God bless you and make it a great rest of the day. Thank you. God bless everyone. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Builders podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review the show. If you want to learn more about who we are, visit our website at wealthbuilders.org and check us out on Facebook. We'll see you next time.